Father God, I just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, Lord, and you're so committed to us, Lord. You're so for us, Lord, and that we can learn to trust you and that you have our best interest always at heart, Lord. And Lord, whenever we are going through a hard thing, when there's uh, negative emotions in our hearts and negative uh, situations in our lives, Lord, that we know that it's an opportunity, Lord, for you to show yourself that you can un, un, um, reveal yourself to us, Lord. And, and I just thank you for that. And I just ask that you would um, let me speak the words, Lord, that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So in um, 2022, at the beginning of the year, uh, I was asking the Lord, Lord, give me a word for this year. And he has been doing that for many years, but then a couple last couple years, I didn't hear a word. So we were at the women's uh, uh, Christmas, and we had this mug exchange. And my mug, I got a mug, and it said joy. And I'm like, oh, I think this is my word. And so, um, and then Lord said, yes, it is. This is your word. I'm bringing you into joy. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know I didn't have joy, right? So, all right, God. So... Whenever God gives me a word that year, I know that he's going to start unveiling something that has to, like preparing me to bring me into that. And usually it's not until the end of the year before I actually start walking in it. But so, um, but I'm listening, right? And so, um, in the past, um, I learned that, I mean, I, I would... I learned to yield to God whenever God was putting his finger on something in my life. And, and uh, I, I got really good at, at putting myself on that cross. And uh, even said that one time to Yuri. I said, Yuri, I know how to die to self. In fact, I'm good at it. <laughs> it probably helped because of my victim mode thing, you know. <laughs> probably made it easier, right? But... That's when the Lord, when I said that, then Lord said, yeah, but you need to practice on your resurrection life, right? So I've been doing that. But the Lord reminded me of, um, he said, you know what motivated you to get on that cross, to die to self? Because I had been, I had learned to walk in the peace of God. And whenever I, the Lord was asking me to do something, he would, I would, uh, and if I was like resisting, uh, I would get so miserable that, you know, I, I'd, I'd have to give up because I needed peace, right? I remember telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't even know why I bother praying or, you know, asking you for anything because you do whatever you want me in my life. You make me so miserable that I have to give up. <laughs> That's not quite true, though. He doesn't make me. But, but because I learned to walk in the peace of God, I have to have that in order to survive. So the Lord uses whatever he can to get us there, right? But anyway, the, Lord's, uh, the Lord, he, he, he just kind of unveiled that, and he said, you know what motivated you to get on the cross? It was your need for peace. That is what motivated. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, that's how God speaks to me, and he brings me through, but uh, to answers. And then uh, one day, the Lord said, um, I was in Hebrews 12, 2. It says, uh, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross 
And that really got my attention because it's joy. It's like, oh, that's what God is doing in me. It's, he's bringing me into joy. That's my word. Wow. Joy is, I mean, Jesus yielded to the cross because of the joy. I think that's what God wants to do in me. But, you know, we have no idea how to do that. So we just allow the Lord to, to bring us into that process. So then, as you know, um, many of you know that three years ago is when God called me. Because um, I, I never felt like I was called in, in I was just in ministry uh, by association, you know, with Yuri, <laughs> helping him and all of that. And um, so that three years ago is when I heard the Lord call me and he said, you know, you have a message for the body and, and you have, he said, you have three years to prepare yourself. And um, that meant me getting up in front of here and facing my insecurities. And you've, many of you have walked along with me and have um, supported me and saw my journey. But um, he said, uh, you have a message for my body. You have three years to prepare and then I'm going to uh, use you for the next 30 years. And I'm going to be sending you across the world. And you don't have to or, uh, open any doors. I will do that when it's time. So the end of last year, this past year, was the end of the three years. And um, so we, we were planning, or Yuri and I were planning on going to uh, Peru because Yuri was speaking at a pastor's conference. And out of the blue, I, uh, we, he got a call, and he asked, hey, do you think your wife would be willing to speak a session? And I'm like, okay. Yuri um, asked me, and I'm like, I knew. The Lord just said, this is, I'm doing this. I'm like, okay, I will. And somebody asked me, uh, are, are you excited about that? And I'm like, uh, no, because I don't have any need to be up here, you know? And I'm like, and... Um, but I'm doing it because God asked me to. So I, uh, I've been reading uh, God's Generals, the Revivalists for Fish. And it is revolutionizing me in such a way that I, I was very unexpected. I, you know, it's about uh, John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, Charles Finney, you know, Jonathan Edwards, to names just some, but I never read their stories. But I realized as I'm reading that they were so committed, the price they paid to share the gospel was incredible. And something was like really um, stirring my heart. And I, I had no, I don't know, I didn't know what it was. And then I was processing with somebody and God began to show me what motivated Jesus to endure the cross. You know, people say joy, you know, that's joy. And I've only been like, joy has been described to me as um, laughter or happy, but, or something. I, I wanted to get a hold of it. I needed to, I knew it was more than that. And the Lord said, um, he, said, he, he, he showed me what motivated Jesus to endure the cross. He, and what drove these revivalists. And he showed me that the joy was a heart of compassion. 
in Colossians 3, 12, and 15, and I'm going to read the American Standard, and I think, I don't, I, yeah, okay, we didn't have that version, up, but I think Phil took care of it. It says, put on, therefore, as God's elect, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving each other. If any man have a complaint against any, even as the Lord forgave you, so also do ye, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to the which also ye were called in one body, and be ye thankful. And I was then, see, this is my revelation that I began understanding I was beginning to understand that God was changing my motive from obeying God and yielding to the call. Like my motive was, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm committed to God. I'm going to be obedient to God. I gave him my yes. But he was actually changing that and, and being me, be, letting me become motivated to minister, to do this by the compassion in my heart for people. Letting that drive me. Instead of me just being obedient to God. You know, my own answer out of my mouth when they asked me, why? I mean, are you excited about going? I mean, going and ministering? I said, no. I'm just doing it. That, that checked me. That showed me that my motivation wasn't what God was, what, what drove God, uh, Jesus, to the cross. And so I'm, I said, God, I'll, I'm, I'm giving you permission to do that. You know, I love people. I, I truly love people, but... I know he's doing something deeper in me that is causing me to be driven by the people. That, you know, that's what the revivalists, they saw the masses of people that were waiting for answers and waiting to be able to connect with him. And so, um, so, that, so that was like so powerful for, to, for him to, my understanding, okay? And, and so I started, study, I started thinking about this and, and reading and I'm realizing, okay, it says, it says, uh, put on, therefore, a heart of compassion. So how do we put on? And then I um, thought of the scriptures in Ephesians 6.11, when Paul was saying, Pull on, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, I'm going to just be really honest and vulnerable with this because whenever somebody would tell me that and they would say, you know, every morning I get up and I put on the armor. I knew that wasn't really what God was, was Paul was talking about. It, it was more than just putting on, the, saying the words and putting it on. And God began showing me, you can't, like, I can't just put on compassion. I can't just put on, like, the, 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 the breastplate and the renewing of my mind. It, I can't just say the words and it happens to me. And the Lord began showing me that putting on is about becoming that. Becoming compassion. Our, our mind being renewed. And it says also in Colossians where it says, put on love. That's an action word. That's becoming love. So that it's part of our nature. Um, and Lord began showing me that in order to become 
a heart of compassion or any of those, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, kindness, all of those things, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to uncover our hearts. And that's actually what my call is. That is what I'm passionate as a mother in the body of Christ, is to help people connect with their hearts. So this is so real and so alive for me. And all, number two, it says it, you, have to be, uh, you have to choose to be vulnerable. And that's really hard. You know, um, I'm just going to share. You know, my mom and dad's generation, um, they, they didn't know. My mom and dad didn't know how to connect with their hearts. In fact, um, when mom uh, passed, uh, I, rem- I thought about her childhood, and I realized I didn't know anything about her childhood. So I decided I'm going to ask my dad. So I asked him, I said, tell me about mom's childhood. And he says, I don't know anything about mom's childhood. She never talked about it. So my dad never talked about his heart either. So they didn't know how to connect with it. They didn't know how to be safe, how to open up. And my heart ached for my mom because my mom, she loved children. And she, and, and, and she could connect with little children. But as soon as you got a little older, she, was, she, she didn't know how to connect. And I decided, you know, I, I, I just praise God that I got to, he chose me to break the generational cycle. And I feel like that whole generation in the past, you know how um, mental illness used to be a, a really kind of a bad omen, like a scourge against you. Nobody, you know, if she, cause she has a mental illness, you know, and you just want to hide that. There was shame attached to it. Now we understand that there's actually, um, it's either uh, a hormonal imbalance, but many times it's stuffed emotions. We don't get to talk about it, and we spiral, and we can't get it out, and it's not healthy. And so now we understand that we, we need that stress. It keeps you, and your stress will actually break down your body. You get sick. And so now it's, they're realizing how healthy it is to, to open up and share what you're feeling. And, um, and God here, I, I feel like in, in the body of Christ, he wants to create safe people. He wants us to be safe people. That, that, and we invite people to begin sharing what they're feeling, what they're going through. And, um, and, and so uh, we have to find a, uh, a safe person to share our, your feelings. I don't, I don't care what you're feeling. I mean, but, but I encourage you, you don't want to share just your feelings just to complain. Hopefully you'll have this this desire to share your feelings to get an answer, knowing there's something underneath that that you're trying to get to that will help you heal and help you get over those um, negative emotions, okay? Because the truth, uh, God, like Jesus says, well, it says somewhere in there that it says that the truth will make you free, right? When the truth, Jesus will, his perspective is always the truth, and when you get when you get to hear God, God's perspective, it actually sets us, it sets us free in a huge way. Because I, the Lord showed me when I was just a young Christian that, that I, had, uh, I, would, I had, a, had huge pity parties, right? Like, I know none of you have those, uh, feel sorry for yourselves. But, but I had like an extra dose because it was my grandmother that I was named after and my mom and then me. And they were like total victims, total no voices, strong husbands, and God chose to change. <laughs> Use me to change this. But one day he said, 
He said, you know that feeling that you're having, that you feel sorry for yourself? It's not, that's not you. And I'm like, what? I had this feeling since I was a child. What? That is not me. He's like, no, that's the enemy. He's like, it's a counterfeit for my Holy Spirit because it comforts you. It, you know, self-pity does comfort you. But what it does is it takes you down in this hopelessness, isolates you. But the Holy Spirit actually comforts us by bringing it, this situation into the light and shows us what's really going on, and he brings us out of it. So that was, again, what I'm talking about, why it's important to begin bringing this stuff up. So, um, and so you need to find a safe uh, person who is mature enough to not judge you and is able to share wisdom to help you process what God is doing in you. And then another uh, thing that I wanted to address is sometimes, often when we have a breakthrough or, you know, a huge breakthrough or a huge download revelation, God like opening up a truth and us understanding, we we think, uh, okay, now we have it. But honestly, that is just the first step. That's like that door, that door is open, now you can go in there. That's like the first step because, again, it's a re, uh, what, what, when we, we have this breakthrough or re- revelation, it's actually what we need now. God is going to give us an opportun- a real-life situation where we walk it out in order to become that freedom. Okay? That's actually what it means to put on. In Matthew 9:36 it talks about Jesus was moved by compassion when he saw the multitudes multitudes you know and and um, I also had a quote uh, where it says Jesus was moved by compassions and then miracles happened and in Matthew 20:34 it says Jesus was moved with compassion and touched their eyes so he was moved with compassion but he did something he Okay, it's, it, in other words, it represents of us becoming. Um, Luke 10, 33 to 34 gives us an example. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion and came to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on them oil and wine, and he sent set them on his own beast. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. And that's such an example what it means to become. Because not only do we uh, uh, move in compassion and just pray for somebody, or it, it's actually going to cost us something to become. It's going to take, it's going to cost us effort. It's going to cost us that to do something, to you know, this man, you know, he paid money, he, he took time out, he put it, you know, he brought him in his life, and he, and, and he actually walked it out with them to become. So becoming compassion is going to require something. For me, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm like, my cost, like, for getting up and sharing a, a word that God is putting on my heart for, for his body I have to take the time to study, to get my, my notes together. I don't necessarily enjoy that part. But I'm honestly, this time, I, I, I'm a different person. I don't know if you know, notice, but 
I am like so different. This was so easy. I used to spend seven hours to get my message and still get up and kind of like my mind going crazy. And I had so much clarity this morning. And I praise God that he's so committed when we, I gave him my yes. And then he, now he's changing my heart and I'm so grateful. But, but, um, so I, I, I want to just share a couple, I have like tons of examples of what God, uh, what God used to do in my life to, to help me become things. But I'm going to just share this a uh, couple of stories. Um, so, uh, in there, years ago, uh, we were with a um, was a former pastor's wife had hurt me really deeply, and I don't have big problems like with people. I, I don't like when you come in a room and this one person is like you totally get where they are, and it's like you just want to go as far as way away from them as you can, and it's like you're always aware of them, and you have this really yucky feeling in your stomach. I, I hate that. And so I normally don't, don't deal with that. But when there is something, somebody like that in my life, it's really hard. And, you know, I have to really work. And I'm like, I, I remember I would stay, stand in worship and I'm like, God, I don't, I hate feeling this way, please. You know, I would forgive and forgive and forgive and just, you know, say it. And you got to help me work through this. And then one day the Lord said, uh, you need to sow into her life. He said, um, give her an affirmation. I'm like, she doesn't deserve an affirmation. <laughs> but he started dealing with me, and he's like, this is how, this is how you're going to get free. So I'm like, okay, go, Lord, you, you, I knew it had to be authentic. I, it couldn't just be a, you know, something just, you know, in passing. So I'm like, God, show me, give me, show me when, and show, give me something. So she, she had actually put up a nice little, um, uh, luncheon after church for some leaders and stuff. And it, it was really beautiful. She had really decorated really pretty and stuff. And then I thought I'm going to compliment her on that decoration. So I walked out in the hall and sure enough, she was, she was walking down the hall toward me. And I, and I said, um, I congratulated her, and I just really told her that, how, what a beautiful job she did. And she's like, oh, thank you. And, you know, honestly, after that, I, I realized that I don't think she even knew that she did anything wrong because, she, you know, anyway, I'm just glad that she doesn't have to be my best friend. Because <laughs> she just kind of had a habit of treating people a certain way and didn't know she was doing it. But anyway, but as soon as I gave that affirmation, it was like everything dropped away from me. All those negative emotions that I had, it went away. And the Lord began showing me that letting go of hurt, God, what, you need to walk something out. You need to do, the Lord will lead you. But there, it's not enough just to say, I'm sorry. I mean, you just forgive, forgive. Usually the Lord will give you an opportunity to walk it out. But I do um, want to caution you, please don't. Do this. Please don't go to a person and say, uh, God is showing me that I need to just ask you forgiveness because I had a really, uh, what you, you did something and it, and it really hurt me. And I had a, you know, I, I, I carried this hurt around for a long time. Sometimes the Lord would never let me do that because he said, are you really forgiving? Or are you trying to throw a little dagger at them and let them know that they hurt you? So I just want to caution, caution you, please, please check your heart because I honestly 
It's about you, not them. It's about you. And we also were doing some brave communication. I would suggest everybody go through that series because that is brave communication is not about you going to somebody in their face and telling them and, 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 and confront them and telling them what they did and you're not going to let them like rule you. It's about you owning your thing. It's about you understanding them. Anyway, that's just a little side note. Come to fish and you get to go through that. Um, okay, and then another situation... Um, I was dealing with something, a, a deep wound that had happened, like for many years, something had happened, and I remember that person having a breakthrough, and I'm like, wow, God, now if they only could come to me and just acknowledge the fact that they had hurt me, would, it would go so far with healing my heart. They could just acknowledge it, Right? And then I heard the Lord say, forgive like Jesus did. And Jesus forgave in a way that he tore up the IOU. He forgave even if that person never acknowledges that they did anything wrong. We choose to let it go. And when I heard that, this is one of my wrestling things. It's like, oh, God, so unfair. So not fair. But I said, I'm going to. And I remember when I would be driving in the car all by myself, and that feeling of pain, and that person gets to get free, and never acknowledging it. And I'm like, I would cry out to God. And it's like, God, I just give it up to you. I let, release them. I release them. And you know, it took me a while. But all of a sudden, something happened to my heart. And I had no need, no need to acknowledge it. And years later, that person actually, we were having conversation, and they actually came up. The Lord had shown them that they had hurt and, and, and asked for forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? But I didn't need it anymore. So that's another example of what it means about becoming. All right. And now I'm going to tell you, I'm, I was kind of debating if I should share this one. But I'm a leader, and I feel like so all of you are leaders in here. And so I'm going to share this. And none of you probably have to deal with this. I'm just uh, affirming you, okay? <laughs> but um, so Yuri had a habit of um, sometimes when I was com had conversations with people, and uh, he had a habit of... of seeing something maybe a funny or something on his YouTube and stuff. And he had this habit of interrupting my serious conversation with this person that I was, like, ministering to and would say, hey, look at this. And <laughs> interrupt me, you know, and, and, you know, he didn't mean anything by it. He just, that was just, I think he might still do that sometimes. But, but, but. Uh, there was a time when all of a sudden it just bugged the heck out of me. It was like, that's so disrespectful. Why are you doing this? You need to stop. He's like, well, I don't mean anything by it. Don't be so, you know, uptight about it, you know. Relax a little bit. But it just kept happening again, and I was, like, keeping score, and... felt so dishonored, you know? <laughs> and
And one day, we had um, the leaders, some of the leaders at our house for lunch. And, um, and, and I was talking, we were eating, and I was talking, and Yuri did it again. And I stopped, and I just waited, and then I said, are you done? And then he just kind of, I don't know, I felt kind of a little bit bad afterwards, and Later, afterwards, I brought it up again. I brought it up again, and I said, what you did, he's like, he's like honey, you don't, you don't know how you are talking to, to me. He's like, somebody afterwards said, wow, she gave you a zinger. <laughs> All of a sudden, I felt so humiliated. It was like shame washed over me because I realized that I had become the very thing that I was not, that I was accusing him from. I was accusing him of dishonoring me, and I totally became, did what he was, what I was accusing him, I was dishonoring him. And I, I'm like, God, don't ever let me do that again. I, and for that day, I'm like, I don't care how much, how many times he interrupts me, I am going to honor him. I am not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. But see, God was, and I didn't. I mean, they, they, it was amazing. All of a sudden, it didn't bother me anymore. But what happened was what, what the Lord had me, he was teaching me about honor, about honoring my husband. And how do you know, and when he's asking you to, do, to be more honorable to your husband, you actually need a situation to walk it out. I hate that. I hate that I can't just become something without having a situation, having to mess up. You know, and, and if we can actually uh, see that about each other and, and have, have, having grace for one another, because I've done that, I, I've done it so many times. I mean, I have let down people in the church, and I'm feeling like, oh, my goodness, this is so horrible. Lord, I can't be a leader. But that's why I can't be a leader, because I can't even, I let people down. You know, and I had to work through those things and know that I have to, what better way to learn from your mistakes that, 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 that like, it burned inside you, and you're like, I will never do that again. And we have to have grace for each other, understanding this is an opportunity to become. For me, it was my opportunity to become honorable. And putting on like, is, is how we become Christ-like. It's how we have the nature of Christ in us. It's good. That's so good. So God is pre preparing his bride. I think, I think he, you know, he has been doing that in the past, but I really feel like this new era that we're in, God is totally focused on preparing the bride of Christ. It's not going to work out there for us to be a, a, a valid church that's going to be a, 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 a powerful and to do exploits and to... Uh, to, to be the harvesters for the kingdom, this great outpouring, by us living like we did in the past. It's, this is what it's going to take. That is how the, the, one of the, 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 the 
components of the bride of bride is there's a love and there's a unity and that it, it goes over the walls. It, there's no walls there. It's about loving each other no matter where we're at and, and understanding we all have our journey. We're all in our journey and, and, and we're going to link arms. We're going to affirm and we're going to be your uh, advocate, you know, and, and, and we're going to help. We're all going to help, you know, each other to and maybe even being that little um, <laughs> annoyance that will cause you give you an opportunity to to grow to become right um, and, the, and you know becoming the bride is this is the only way that we can be without spot and wrinkle this is what gets us into without how this is how because whenever I would hear that 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 he's coming back for a bride without spot and wrinkle or wrinkle I'm like how in the world is that ever possible but I know now I know it's about becoming it's about putting on amen okay I'm going to go ahead and close and I'll just pray for the food because we got food I'm not quite we're a little early so um might have to wait a little bit so if they're not ready so father god i just thank you for this time and lord i just ask that the word that you gave would be, penetrate our hearts lord that we would put on love lord we would let you help us become love you would let we would let you help us become compassionate with one another that we would become kindness lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving each other, putting on love, which is the bond of perfection. And Lord, I ask that you let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, to which also we were called into one body, and we will choose to be thankful. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just ask that you bless us.